You're listening to the 414 Creative Legacy Podcast. I'm your host, Joshua Curtis. And on the show, we do a deep dive with entrepreneurs on all things business, faith, and how to build a lasting legacy. Thank you for listening and enjoy the episode. Hey guys, welcome to the 414 Creative Legacy Podcast. I'm so glad you're here. And uh, in this episode, I have a really good friend of mine, Kevin Anson. I call him the YouTube video ad master, but basically this guy is the master to anything video. And I'm so glad that he's on board uh, for this episode. And I'm going to really enjoy this this uh, this episode, talking to him and, and getting some uh, insights into the video world and creating ads and his journey of um, building this video ad empire that I feel like he has. Uh, Kevin, thank you so much for being on this episode. I really do appreciate it. I'm honored to have you here. Yeah, I'm excited to be here, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Um, so uh, really quick, I just want to dive into um, your journey and like how you started um, in the video space, being uh, a creator and just kind of like what that process looked like for you and where you started and all that good stuff. Yeah. So uh, the video video creation realm, I kind of got started, you know, back in my college days in 2002, when I realized that you could put music to video that you could yeah. shoot on a really old school camera back right. in the day. And um, it was a creative outlet for me. And so, you know, it's, it's something that um, I always would, would crave it when I didn't, when I wasn't making videos, I was craving it when I was doing other things. Like I got into, uh, I became a loan officer for a little while, right? Where oh, I was wow. old calling people, trying to get them to refi their house. Yeah. And like, all I could sit and think about all day when I was at work was, gosh, I can't wait to get home so I can nerd out on the computer and make something cool. Yeah. And so that's when I, that's kind of when I knew I had like this gift that, you know, God gave me to like, want to just, just create stuff. And I knew I would turn yeah. it into something eventually. And so I just pursued the video, uh, that video realm for, for years and years and years. And uh, I worked in the corporate world for seven years at, at various companies as, you know, the director of video production at one or two companies and the video guy at some other company. And then eventually I got laid off. It was 2011. It was actually wow. Christmas of 2010. So it was right before the end of the year. Going into 2011, I had no job. And I just decided, uh, my wife and I said, let's, you know, why don't you just start your own company? You've already been building up clientele on the side. And so I did it. And I mean, the rest is history. You know, I went, went out there and just tackled, uh, Google really hard and just, you know, yeah. created a website, try to get my SEO working on Google so people could find me. I think I ran some AdWords and just was like, just going after it every day that I sat in my office, you know, from 8am to 5pm, I was like, just like, I had to make money because we had a, uh, you know, a young six month old at the time. Oh. And I was like, I have to make this work. I have to make this work every day I went in. And, uh, eventually it started to, to get traction and, um, gig after gig after gig. We all know how that goes. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so that's kind of it in a, in a nutshell, but I'm, I'm super blessed to be where I'm at. It's crazy. It's already been 11 years that I've been running my own business. Can you talk a little bit about some of the, the obstacles and the maybe fears that you overcome stepping out on your own from the company that you were working for at the time? Yeah, there's always that fear that you're not going to make it. And, um, I had that fear, but I had that, that, I mean, number one, it was like my wife saying that she believed in me, that I could do it. That's all I really needed. Yeah. Because once she told me that, number one, it gave me the sort of like the um, the okay, right? She gave me, she mm -hmm. signed off on it. And then number two, it was just like, um, like I didn't want to fail because I was, you know, she's looking at me as the provider. And if, yeah. you know, I, if she believed in me and then I didn't go out there and like make something out of it then uh, that would be no good. So uh, like I said, I just worked super, super hard every single day. And then also I had that faith, you know, just faith that I would make it work. Um, you know, just believing that, you know, trusting, trusting in, in God and all that, you know, it's just like, I was, I knew that I would make it work as long as I uh, put the work in. And so I don't know if you're, if anyone's listening to this right now and you're kind of in that similar spot where you're like, I just want to go out and start my own thing. I'm not saying like, oh yeah, go quit your job tomorrow. But it's like, <laughs> yeah. you know, there is a nice, if you can transition into it, put in two hours, three hours at night after you get off your, uh, get off your job. Um, it's worth it. It's worth doing that. Cause that's kind of how I did it too. Like I, when I got laid off, it wasn't like I just got 
pushed off a cliff. It was like, I had already been kind of building up a clientele. You had a skill set that you could take into the marketplace and you had connections to be able to say, Hey, I'm doing this now. Um, Yeah. You know, so asking for that, basically asking for that business. um, Yeah. I, there was a, there was a time in my career, I called a career, but it wasn't, I wanted to do what, you know, as a photographer, I wanted to, to transition from where I was working to, to being full-time. And I just didn't have, I didn't have that like structure in place or somebody to tell me, Hey, spend a couple hours after your shift, hone your skills and all that stuff. Because I was growing up as a photographer. I wasn't like, I wasn't where you were, where you had your job was doing the thing that you were passionate about. Right. And at that time, I didn't know. I, I didn't, you know, I didn't have this like a mindset of like, I just need to hone my skills and get better. It was just, I wanted it so bad that I was trying to jump off the deep end, quit my job or whatever and do that stuff. But uh, there's wisdom in honing your skills, building up the confidence to do the thing that you are passionate about and then start going and asking for business. And that's a whole other, I think, I feel like that's a whole other episode of like, how do you ask, how do you ask for business? Right. How do you go out and say, Hey, I want to do this. And that's the thing. Those are some of the things that I'm learning even now of like reaching out to businesses and saying, Hey, here's our services. This is something that you would be interested in. Right. And so, yeah, I think that's it. It's good wisdom to have of like knowing exactly when you need to go full time. Yeah. And I would say too, if someone's uh, thinking about starting their own thing right now, I would say if you are getting into the service, based businesses, which is mostly most of what we're talking about here. I know there's other yeah. physical products, things like that. But, you know, I'd say the first step is creating a website. Um, I've seen a lot of, you know, freelancers and, and guys out there who it took them years to finally create a website. Mm. But the reason why I say it is because it makes you look so much more professional and bigger than you are when you can send like my first client was probably close to a billion dollar company and I could send them somewhere and be like, here is me. Yeah. Like, this is, this is who I am. This is our company. This is what we represent versus if you just said, yeah, just email me, you know, Kevin at gmail.com. It's kind of like, you know, it doesn't sound as professional. So yeah. when I had a place to send them, I even had some of my friends that I've worked with over the years and I put them on my website as like people who worked at the company. And I mean, you know, it was, it's, I'm not a big fan of like fake it till you make it, but like part of that, it really did help me kind of get my, my wings, if you will. And, uh, it got me more clients. And then eventually I removed my friends and put real people on there, but it was just like, yeah. I had to make myself look bigger than I was. And it truly worked. And, um, you know, it's kind of like, if you're going to go sell a product, a physical product to somebody like an, an iPhone case or something, like if you don't have something to show people, what, how, like, how do they know what they're going to be buying? Right. So you have to have something in the website it's sort of it's almost a tangible representation of your company yeah. <clears throat> though it's somewhere to send people so that'd be my recommendation yeah. spend the time yeah. on that because i i've drove traffic to that on google and stuff and like i got so many leads on that website when i first started out that first year it was insane yeah so if you don't mind um could you kind of give us an idea of your growth financially in that first year going out on your own did you exceed what you don't have to do an exact number but did you exceed what you were currently making at your corporate job oh yeah definitely um i mean i was doing well even in my corporate job i was making like 120 a year mm-hmm. in the job that i left and that's why it was like it was hard <laughs> to, yeah to like to well i got laid off but still it was hard i was like dang how am i going to replace that you know and so mm-hmm. um i was able to match if not exceed that in the first year and it wasn't that hard. I mean, it was just, like I said, building a website. I found some guys who are really good at SEO. They got me on first page of Google in San Diego, where I was at in a short amount of time. And next thing you know, I'm just getting, people were just eat, like doing the contact us form on the website. Yeah. Constantly, constantly, constantly. I mean, I was having phone calls. I was driving down to San Diego, dressing up, having tons of meetings, just selling people my video services. I mean, I hit the, I hit the ground hard, like running or whatever that saying is. I hit it yeah. hard in that first year and, and then it paid off. And then I was able to kind of ride that wave for like literally the next four years, because you work with a company and then they're excited about what you did. Then they refer you to someone else or sometimes the marketing director 
she quits that job and she goes somewhere else and she brings yeah. you with her. And now you just got two clients spread in, you know, you just split one, one client into two. And that happened for years and years. I mean, I still get clients hitting me up from 11 years ago that I wow. on Google uh, who are working somewhere else now, et cetera, et cetera. So it's crazy. Yeah. So when you first started out, were you doing all the pre-production, the, the day of the editing and all that stuff? Were you all by yourself or did you have a team come in to help you out with that? I was mostly on my own just because I'm one of those guys who just kind of taught myself everything. Yeah. Like I can build my own websites. I can, you know, do pretty much yeah. anything. Um, so, but yeah, no, whenever I needed help, if I needed a lighting guy or I needed a sound guy or, you know, whatever it was, a studio, things like that. Yeah. I would of course hire that stuff mm -hmm. out. And, uh, but for the most part, I was able to shoot my own stuff, bring it back to the home office, edit it myself. When I had uh, overflow with uh, with work, you know, I would of course hire it out to um, uh, subcontractors, you yeah. know, video editors that I knew. But for the most part, it was me for a lot of years. But I I enjoyed it. I wasn't like, I mean, yeah, I, I also could have, I probably could have um, scaled a little harder, hired a whole team, taken on more projects, that whole thing. But I had a family at the time. I still have family, but I didn't really want to be working all the time around the clock. So I just kept it like. You know that kept that line on the graph just going steady and straight. You know that yeah. was that was cool with me because, you know, I I care more about my lifestyle than I do driving right. a Lamborghini. You know. Yeah, I think sometimes as entrepreneurs we kind of struggle with that that um, what I used to call family and work balance. Um, I I now kind of, I'm transitioning that over into a family work boundaries because as entrepreneurs we always want to say yes to everything. Right. And we learn, sometimes we learn the hard way of, <clears throat> of learning how to say no, meaning right. that we, we, we say yes so many times that something in our world falls apart because we're not, we're not present, whether that be family dynamics, whether that be our health, we, we learn that we have to wait, wait a second, I have to start saying no, because if I don't, if I don't stop saying yes, this thing that has that needs attention is going to fall away. And I, and I need this in my life, whether, like I said, family dynamics, health or whatever, I think if we can learn to teach up and coming entrepreneurs about how to set boundaries, healthy boundaries, we'd have some really, really successful and healthy entrepreneurs. Was there a time in your career it sounds like you kind of already had that emotion, but was there a time in your career whenever you were just like, I've got to start saying no, because this part of my life is about to start falling apart about if I say yes to another project. Yeah, definitely. There was a time when, um, if for anyone listening, I don't know if you know who Russell Brunson is. I know you do Josh, yeah. but there's uh, there was a time I was working on some videos for him. And I wasn't exactly making what I wanted to be making. Mm -hmm. And that was probably a fault of my own for not quoting him higher in the beginning. But I worked on that, this YouTube show that they had. And I edited over 100 episodes of that thing. And I, wow. I did it for a solid year. And it got to a point where I was like, I can't do this anymore. I'm working, you know, editing three of these 10 minute episodes a week. I was working around the clock, like Saturdays, Sundays. Um, but I did it because I knew that one day it was going to benefit me. I knew that it was going to turn into something else. It was kind of like I was working yeah. in the trenches, so to speak. But yeah, I had to I had to call it quits. I mean, when I, I flew out there to Boise one time and I had to sit down and have that, you know, that honest conversation with him, like, I can't do this anymore. Yeah. And he's super amazing human being. Like, he was like, totally understand. Like, I get it. Like, family comes first. You know, we'll, we'll figure something else out for you. You know, we'll... Well, have you do this over here or put you over here or whatever. So, yeah. So sometimes you just have to know when too much is too much. Like if your relationships are sort of falling apart around you or people are getting upset with you because you're not present, you're not there, you're always on your phone, then it's probably time to kind of reevaluate things. But I mean, if you're somebody who's not married, don't have a boyfriend or girlfriend, <laughs> you know, you don't <laughs> have kids, like by all means, like these are the times, these are the years. Yeah. You should take advantage of those, those times where you can, you know, grind it out, work. If that's what makes you happy, do it. Yeah. Grind it out and work all those hours. But I, I couldn't do it anymore because I have a wife and a kid. So, yeah. 
Yeah, I think uh, there's times when I look back on like my early 20s when I was like, man, if I would have, and we know we all go through that, like if I would have done this, you know, I look back and I'm like, but the, it's funny because the internet was different back then. Getting getting access to information on how to, you know, like me, like you, I'm self-taught, right? Um, I taught myself how to be a photographer. I taught myself how to build websites. I taught myself how to do X, Y, and Z. Um, back then, those things weren't readily like accessible. You know, YouTube came out in what, 06, right? Yep. Yep. And it was more of an entertainment platform at that time. And people weren't necessarily putting out, hey, here's how you build a WordPress website. Here's how you do Google ads. Here's how you do all of these things. Um, even to this day, I'll go on YouTube if I like, I'm working on a project and I'm like, man, I want to do this thing. And I don't really know exactly how to do it. Like specifically I'll YouTube's like my Google. Right. But yeah, there are times I look back and I'm like, man, my twenties could have been like this. And I could have just dove in. All I had was a dog right now, you know? And so but yeah, I think now I, I'm even learning now of how to be so present in those moments of downtime that I'm not doing business because I, one of my struggles is being with my family, but in my mind, I'm at the computer, right? I'm working on a project in my head. I'm visualizing how it's going to, how I'm going to go through these processes and do this and do that. And that's not healthy for me. And it's also not, not, not fair for my family. And so I'm learning how to, in that moment, shut that entrepreneur brain off and just be with my family. And I feel like and I could be wrong. I feel like most entrepreneurs, business people have to go through that time where they're like, man, I really need to shut this part of my brain off. I really need to step away physically and mentally and sometimes emotionally away from my, my workstation. I, I assume your workstation is at home like mine where my kids are like a wall away from me yep, and I can same. hear them and, <laughs> you know, and so, uh, so I think that's something that uh, if younger entrepreneurs, even current entrepreneurs can learn how to be more present with their, their family um, when they're not at their station, that would be really good. Tell me a little bit about, I know you went through a couple of years ago, you went through a really hard transition with a company and had to kind of pivot what you were doing and reach out to other companies. Cause I think you're, correct me if I'm wrong, but you were, you were solely for this one company and then uh, doing what you do freelance wise, but then you had to like pivot and like, it was just kind of like this uh, aha moment. Right. Yeah. I was, uh, I mean, I got the, amazing opportunity after, I mean, I had been in business already. This was probably 2018 or 19. Mm -hmm. So I was in business for a while and I got this opportunity where this company just said, basically like, Hey, we'll, we'll pay you really good money if you just come work with us full time. And it wasn't, it wasn't like a, um, it wasn't a full-time job yeah. in the sense that like, I was a employee of theirs, but I was a full-time independent contractor. So I could still yeah. do other things. And so I, it was a great opportunity. I did that for a whole year. And um, then at the end of that year, they reevaluated everything and said, yeah, we're just going to, we're going to let you go. And, um, you know, we'll, we'll still contract you when we need you, but you know, that, that was it. That, that was great or whatever. And so, yeah, I went from me making like, you know, it was like well into six figures, right. From the, for this company. And it was like this thing that I had gotten used to for 12 months it was like, man, I knew this this paycheck was going to show up, got wired yeah. in my account every month. It was great. And then I got laid off from them. And then it was like, kind of like 2011 all over again. I was yeah. like, man, what am I going to do? But I was like, secretly I was excited because I knew I had gotten all that skills and all the knowledge that I had, you know, built up over that year working for that company. And I, I was able to take that and apply it to what I'm going to do next. And so I just jumped all in on a, uh, you know, video advertising, which is really what I've gotten into heavily over the last like four or five years. And, um, you know, it was a blessing in disguise. Yeah. So it was like, okay, what am I going to do now? So I just would, you know, went out, you know, build another website, started taking clients, <laughs> yeah. doing video ads. Cause I, I knew how to do them really well. Now I had worked with the best in the industry 
And then, uh, and then eventually, you know, I, I, I was like, I need to create a course on this. This is right after the pandemic happened. I need to create a course on this. I have so much knowledge in my head. I know how this stuff works. I'm going to create a course. And I did, and I created that and it, and it really took off. I mean, just the, the course alone last year, and it's a $97 course It did 200 grand last year. Wow. And that's like before expenses and, you know, yeah. ad spend, whatever looks great on paper. But you know, when you look at <laughs> how much money you have left over, it's like, Oh, I have $5. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> that's not true. But, um, so yeah, I mean, it was really cool to create a course that did six figures. And so now I created another one. It's called the YouTube ad formula. And so I'm launching that like any day now. And so it's just this really cool evolution of like, you know, kind of going in a direction that I didn't think that I would go starting off of it as a video guy. And then I like kind of got forced into learning like marketing and copywriting and sales yeah. funnels and all that stuff. And like, yeah, just like courses and email sequences and all the stuff that you can, you know, that you can do to sell stuff online. And it's been a lot of fun. It's been really cool. And, um, so, you know, it makes me more valuable now to other people or other right. businesses when they want to hire me. And so hopefully they answer your question in a roundabout way, but it's been a really interesting last couple of years for sure. Yeah, it's it definitely did. What are some of the things that you feel like the video ad space, video editing, video production on a, on the, on the scale at which you do it, where does it, where do you kind of see that going in the next, you know, five, five, 10 years for companies? How can, how can companies basically implement what you do to leverage and, and scale their business? I would say just pay attention to what the trends are. I mean, right now people are flocking to TikTok. I never thought that would happen. And uh, just creating videos that match all the other videos that you're seeing on the platform. Cause when people try to create videos for TikTok, for example, and they try to, you know, create this amazing, like, I don't know, like widescreen video and they try to like um, upload it to TikTok and like try to make it fit. Cause all their videos are vertical on there. Yeah. <laughs> and just trying to force the fit. Um, you have kind of have to adapt to what's going on. I mean, it's weird. People are recording ads now on their smartphones. Whereas right. years ago it was like, you had to spend, hundreds of thousands of dollars to make this amazing commercial with all this great camera equipment and lights and crew and all this. But now it's like, no, just pull out your phone and record something and throw it up on TikTok and run some paid advertising behind it. And it, and it works because people are looking for authenticity. Now they want yeah. to see, you know, something that they would normally see online anyways, just from some, you know, some person pulling out their smartphone. So yeah, just, I guess it's just kind of adapting to the trends you have to, you have to do it. I don't, I didn't want to do it either. When I started creating like these weird square ads on Facebook with the headline at the top and I had to abandon all my like film, uh, you know, film training from years ago and yeah. back to stuff I learned back in school. Now it's just like, you know, the, the videos are just, they're a little bit more busy looking like there's text on the top and then there's captions at the bottom. And there's just like the shots are changing fast and there's flashiness going on. Just, all this stuff that people are doing and it's, but it's working, you know, you just have to follow, follow what works. So you right now, as we're recording this, it's YouTube and TikTok are, uh, are the, the, the best places that you probably want to, you know, start spending your time and energy. Facebook yeah. is sort of, uh, I mean, at, right now it's, it's not doing great. People are having a hard time on Facebook. Um, but I think if you, if you have a really good, if you're creating, telling really good stories, Mm -hmm. making it shareable and entertaining, then you can do well on Facebook, but it's a little bit harder right now. Um, and the ad spend is, is a little bit more expensive, but not to say it doesn't work. It's just become a little more challenging. So yeah. Yeah. Instagram yeah. is huge. So just create content, get it out there, try stuff. If it doesn't work the first time, doesn't mean it's not going to work. You just got to try more stuff. Right. You just keep, uh, keep trying, right? Exactly. <laughs> uh, what is it? Um, just, I'm trying to think of the the phrase, just uh, something like try it and see what sticks. Uh, I think exactly, the, other yeah. one, the other one is like, see which one grows legs first. You know, yes. I, I, don't, I don't know if you ever heard that one before. So do you, you currently have a team now, correct? Yeah, it's actually a small team. It's just myself and uh, my partner, Tracy, partner in the agency. Okay. And then um, we have like independent contractors that we use for, you know, helping us out with editing, but, you know, 
full time. It's myself and Tracy, and that's okay. It. We're able to. Yeah, she's actually on my list uh, to nice. have on the podcast. So I need to reach out to her and try to schedule that. What are what are some of the things lessons that you've learned? I know you have one team member, right? But what are some of the lessons you've learned when it comes to teamwork and building a team of people that you feel like has helped you in a, in a leadership role? What's some advice that you would give someone, say, for instance, like me, where we're a somewhat smaller agency and we plan on scaling and, and bringing on people uh, to, to service like a, a larger client? What are some of the things that you would say, hey, these are the things I've learned over the past couple of years of building a team? Um, I would say stop. Well, if we're talking about the service side of things, it feels like I, like we are, but uh, you know, stop working on the assembly line as much. Okay. Um, stop trading your time for money. Not that that's a bad thing. It's just that if you do yeah. want to step away and grow, work on the business instead of working in the business. Yeah. That's something that I kind of like drew a line like with uh, when I was first started working with Tracy, I let her know in the beginning, I'm like, if we're going to work together, like, I don't want to make the videos anymore. Like, that's just not what I want to do. Like, I will work on the business. I will like, make sure the website's built, make sure it's collecting leads, make sure we're running the ads, we're getting, you know, leads are coming in, sales calls are getting booked, which I still do the sales calls just because I enjoy it. And stepping outside the business to where I'm not the one spending the time making the widgets anymore. And that made, I think it made a huge difference in our business. So that way I was able to focus on the business and not work in the business anymore. Mm-hmm. So um, that's something that I would recommend. And, you know, if you have that skill, the skills to, um, that you've been doing it for long enough, if you're a photographer or whatever it is, and you know how that process works, find someone who you can kind of teach and train, you know, you might have to kind of do it for a little while and give them lots of feedback. But I would say it probably took me about, I don't know, eight to 12 months before Tracy was finally just like fire. Now she's to the point where I don't even give her any feedback at all. And the ads, she just like sends them over to me. I'm like, dude, that's amazing. Like yeah. send it to the client that's done. And so, you know, yeah. If you can find good people that helps too. Cause she's amazing. So, yeah. What are some of the, <clears throat> you may not have had any, you may just be so great at it, but what are some of the failures you feel like you've, you've had in, and like growing your, your business and how have you processed those failures to kind of um, catapult or set a better foundation on what you do moving forward? Um, I would say there's probably two things I can think of. Number one is just making sure that you deliver on your promises and deliver on, you know, deliver on time, just be impeccable with your word. I think that's one of the four agreements, isn't it? The four agreements book. And you know, it does, it gets you in trouble when you're working with clients and you say you're going to get something done by a certain right. time and you don't, if not, if you don't make sure to, you know, apologize up and down and make up for it over deliver something else. Yeah. Um, that's, that's the one thing that I've had to learn the hard way multiple times over the years. I've still messed up when I do something wrong with a client, I promise something and I don't deliver. The second thing is, um, charge more money. Definitely. <laughs> yeah. If you're sitting here right now and you're like, <laughs> yes, doing sessions for a hundred dollars, like stop charging a hundred dollars, charge $500 instead. You know, it's, it makes a huge difference. Cause like when we first started out <clears throat> right when the pandemic hit, like we sort of like redid our whole business. We're like, we're going to get into making like these templated type videos. We can crank out tons of them. We'll do them for like, you know, $600. We'll do, you know, a range between 600 to a thousand dollars. And it's going to be great. And then like we took on all these clients and they wanted all these changes. It was just a nightmare. And so then, you know, we had to reevaluate and then we're like, let's charge. It was like 1500 bucks. We raised our price. And then it was just like the caliber of clients still wasn't where we wanted to be. So now like fast forwarding to today, now we're charging $5,000 for one yeah. video ad. And that's because we write the scripts. Like we will look at your landing page or your website. We'll write the entire script. We'll come up with all the concepts. We'll find all the footage, you know, we'll do all the work for you. Of course, we give them a bunch of variations of the ads. We'll, we'll yeah. crank out one video ad, but to give them like 16 variations of it. Right. So different sizes, lengths, everything. And so people are still paying it. They're happy to pay that $5,000. And if they don't, if they don't like the price, that's fine with me, but yeah. the quality of clients has gone up a lot and uh, it screened a lot of those people out. So, yeah, uh, that's what I tell some 
some up and coming photographers who struggle with that whole pricing thing. You know, I think we all go through that. I went through it. Yep. Um, there are moments where I still kind of go through it, but now I'm to the point where I'm just like, no, this is what I charge. And I, and I tell these photographers, I'm like, look, you have a choice. You can stay at this price and meet your, your current financial needs every month with 15 clients, or you can bump your price up and meet your financial needs every month with four which one would you rather do? Because photographers spend the bulk of their time editing and right. calling through images and getting their, their, their images to look their, their style. Right. And so I know the time I understand on the back end of the photo shoot, uh, there's a lot of time there. Same thing with you. Like you probably pump out a video, but the editing, right. It takes some time. And so we, we have a choice, you know, you can risk that number of clients going down, but you're getting paid what you're worth. You're getting paid the value output, right? You're putting out value, so you're getting paid that value, what that value is. Or you can keep the price where it's at, have an astronomical amount of work and time on your hands, and you're going to miss out on life and be stressed out and not sleeping well and all, all of those things. And so, and that's a hard one for people to hear because they're, they're, I think there's an, and you might can speak to this, the emotional attachment to the work you produce and how for some odd reason, there's a financial tie to that as well. And there's emotions that play into that and it gets real muddy and learning how to divide all of those things out is a really hard, um, thing to learn. I know it was for me um, and a scarcity of money and like a, like a fear of like people like not accepting and like this weird, just, you know, so is that something that you've ever experienced where it's like, I, I know my value, but I'm afraid to ask what it's worth. And then there's like, I need the money. And, and is there, any, is there times where you've experienced that? Oh yeah, absolutely. I think everyone goes through that it's almost like this feeling of guilt when you tell someone how much it's going to cost yeah and um that's totally normal and you just have to kind of like get past that because if you know if you're delivering enough value to somebody then it doesn't really matter what you're charging i was doing i do this thing it's a two-day video workshop where i teach people everything that i know yeah and when it comes to video video ads just um, scripting, editing, motion graphics, everything. And when I first started doing it, I charged like two grand for it. I think the first person who bought it and I like was like having anxiety about telling them it was two grand. Mm -hmm. And then, um, that was about a little over a year ago and fast forward to now I'm charging five grand for it. And like, it took me kind of like seeing other people who are really successful and they like, you know, talk about mindset and they, they're always saying like, Hey, you need to charge more for your stuff, charge more for yourself. Like I didn't invent that. I'm just learning. I'm just a student of other people. Yeah. And they're right though. They keep saying that, like, you have to charge more money. I have it written on my board. It says the offer you don't make, no one can take. So it's like, oh, that's good. If you don't have an offer, that's $10,000 that you just throw out in the, into the world. Then of course, then no one's going to take it because you didn't throw it out to the world. So, um, you know, Think about creating a higher ticket offer for whatever it is that you do. It doesn't mean you have to charge, you know, from now on, you have to charge $5,000 for everyone that comes through your door. But it's like, no, but I have this other $5,000 package that comes with all this cool stuff, like list it all out, but it's there. You know, you have it now, like make that offer, put it somewhere, like tape it on your wall or put it on your website or whatever. Um, every once in a while, someone's going to come through and they're going to be like, I, I need that. Like that one thing yeah. that's in there, like I, I'll take that. And then next thing you know, you're like, holy crap, I just sold a $5,000 offer to somebody, you know, quick little story. Two months ago, I had someone who wanted to do video ads with my company. And then we got to talking on the phone and he was just like, I, what is it? You know, what's it going to take if I was to hire you to just sit with my team for two days and teach your workshop to just the people in my company. And I was just like, uh, you know, somehow I, I just was like, I don't know, probably about 25 grand. <laughs> he was just like, okay, yeah, I think we could probably do that. And I was just like, holy crap. Like I would yeah. have been totally happy 
charging this guy five grand and I still would have done it. I would have been like, that's great. And I did it for 25 grand. I taught, you know, it was like six people on a zoom call for two days. Of course I like worked my tail off building this like training for them. Yeah. But it was like, wow. Like, I mean, I bought a truck with it. Like I bought a used truck. I was like, that's, I needed a truck. We just moved. And I took that money, you know, bought a truck and it paid for cash. It was just like the coolest wow. thing ever. And it all came from that thing I wrote on my board. It said, the offer you don't make, no one can take. And like, it continuously keeps happening. Like I have that in one of my funnels. Um, I have this $497 thing that I just added on my funnel where it's it's one of the, the radial buttons that you can select. Yeah. It's, it's just my YouTube ad formula is a $37 product. But I was like, what if I add something on there that says $497? And Kevin Anson will himself will sit with you and give you feedback on your YouTube ad script. I added that like last night, someone just bought it. I was like, dude, that is so cool. Like I would, I'll happily spend 30 minutes with somebody yeah. to pay me $497 to go over their script. Like who wouldn't like, you know, at the level that I'm at, I'm not a billionaire, but you know, it's like, I'm, I'm stoked on that, you know? So it's like, if I didn't make that offer, no one would have taken it. So yeah. Um, yeah, raise your prices. And, and I think there's a there, yeah, for sure, raise your prices. I think there's a deeper play there too in, in that you've built up a skill set. Like most entrepreneurs, they build up a skill set. And one of the things that we have to learn is how to take that skill set and basically I, I see it as kind of like cutting up a tomato, right? It can a tomato is this is this thing, and then you cut it up and then you have all of these things right <clears throat> and so i don't know if that's the best analogy but um taking what you know your knowledge your knowledge base and this is something that i've struggled through of like how to take the knowledge that i have and put it out there to teach others right i want to encourage others and i'll gladly give them advice and all this stuff but taking that knowledge and putting it out there as a product is something that i've never really uh, ventured off into. And I think it, it, like I said, I think it's a deeper play of like taking what you know, and this is a space that we kind of live in this, in this day and age of like, people are taking their knowledge and they're, they're sharing it in a way, but they're also charging for it and saying, Hey, I'm the expert. And that's also why I, I wanted to have this podcast is to bring on experts to share their knowledge so that others can learn and grow and to go out and build uh, their legacy. And I think if we can learn how to take the things that we know and package it in a way where we can bring others into that world and get paid for it, which isn't a bad thing. Getting paid for your services is not a bad thing. That's another thing that we, we have to get over, but also, just saying, hey, this is what it's worth and I'd love to share it with you. And now you can take it and you can go implement it into your life, into your world, into your business. And, I, and I'm glad you shared that story because that's, I love stories because stories inspire people to, to go out and, and do and be better and all those things. And so I think that that play of like, okay, this is, maybe we should do a course on how to do that. <laughs> <clears throat> what are some of the ways that you currently, because I feel like, I feel like you're, I feel like every time I turn around, you are putting something out there. What are some of the ways? Um, and you do it at such a level that's so inviting. Like when you put something out there, it's like I see online people are just like, like just clawing to get to whatever you're putting out there. And I always think like, man, how is he doing that? And I think it's your position, like the positioning that you put into into what you do. And what, but what are this kind of like taking a turn here, but what are some of the ways that you've been able to implement over the past, you know, five years of setting those boundaries and spending time with your family and also operating this, what I would call a multi-million dollar business? Because I see online too, you're always with your family. Like you're posting about hanging out with your kids and like doing all that stuff. What are some of the things that you've implemented that keeps you in check with setting boundaries? I would say, I don't know, just, you know, maybe you mean from like a time perspective, I don't know, it's like setting you know, time. If you, I don't know, not necessarily setting time, but more on the, just like, what are some of the mental processes that you go through and you're just like, okay, I've got to, now's the time. I've got to, I've got to go be family. I got to do this. I got to make sure that 
you know, I don't know if it's like time management or if you're just, you have these habitual things that you've set in place that, that give you a healthy relationship with your business and your family. I don't know. I mean, for me, I just make sure that I am present all the time. Yeah. I mean, I've, I just, I work from like probably 10 AM to like 5 PM. I always okay. try to push it. I try to push it past the needle a little bit at 5 PM to get a little extra time, depending on what's going on in the house. We have four yeah. kids and they're all under the age of 11. And so <laughs> it's, there's a lot going on, you know? Yeah. So, um, but I don't know. I mean, my days are chopped up all the time. Like I'm one minute, it's like I'm working and the next minute I'm like, I'll probably get done with you and I have to go and make sure that one of the kids is, is doing okay. Or they might have yeah. to get a nap or get some food or whatever, but my days are all over the place. I just try to be, just try to be present all the time to make sure that I'm here for my kids. Cause you know, they don't, you know, they're not going to be this young forever, but I right. want them to always remember that I was here. Yeah. You know, I don't travel anymore. I always, I just say no to things. When people ask me to come to events, I'm like, no, or come to go shoot something. I'm like, no, thanks. I mean, I barely even leave my house anymore. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, unless we're doing something as a family. Yeah. So I don't know. I guess over the years, I just got used to setting those boundaries and they got stricter and stricter. And um, Saturdays and Sundays, I absolutely do not work. Somebody asked me to speak in a summit this weekend. There's going to be like 10,000 people. They're like, can you speak in this? Can you, can you like pre-record your interview this weekend? I was like, no, I'm sorry. I can't do that. I don't know. I just don't just, I don't, it doesn't sound like I want to do that. Like Saturdays and Sundays are family time. So I don't know, but I'm, I'm like, I'm on my phone a lot. I, uh, when I'm walking around the house, so like dealing with the kids, I'm always like, thinking of new ideas or things that I want to implement or a message I need to send somebody. And so it's like running my business on my phone a lot. Yeah. Um, but I'm not like, don't look at me as this like person who has it all together. <laughs> I mean, there's so much stuff that I, things are going wrong all the time. It's a roller coaster. You know, one month we have a bad month, you know, not making, you know, the revenue that we made the previous month. It's just like business is a roller coaster and you just have to know that you're going to have a lot of bad days and don't compare yourself to other people out there who are, seemingly crushing it i mean there's yeah. plenty of people who run millions million dollar businesses who barely have any money left over at the end of the month because they're paying their team and their ads and their software and all the stuff that they're paying for yeah the money goes fast when you're <laughs> running a business so um yeah it's it's a roller coaster for sure and get yeah. ready to fail because failure is part of it, it happens to all of us yeah it sounds like you've just built up some really healthy disciplines when it comes to, you know, being able to say no for Saturday and Sunday. That's a big one. That's something that I need to implement because there's, there'll be a job come up and it's like, okay, yeah, let's do it. You know? Yeah. Um, and happen. I think, I think you're just at kind of like at, at a place where you have a healthy discipline and, and you've created some boundaries that are just, these are set in stone and I'm not going to move from this because you understand that, your family time is a little bit more important than, you know, taking this gig or that gig or, or, or whatnot. And I think that's something that we all really need to start learning how to do. And then you have your time, like you said at the beginning, you have your time where you can hustle, right? You can't put your feet to the ground and just, just go hard, but having those disciplines at a, at an age where, you know, like you said, you have four kids and all underneath 11. And I think you kind of have the same feeling that I do. The family's one of the most important things. And, you know, this other stuff can wait or take care of itself on its own. So that's good. You, you kind of briefly tapped into this a little bit um, at the beginning of the interview, but I really wanted to dive into like why you do what you do when it comes to like videos. Like it just, you said it was something that you're really passionate about and you just, you couldn't stop thinking about it. Um, have you ever dove into the idea of like, why do I do this? Why am I passionate about this? Yeah. I, uh, I've thought about that before. Cause I'm like, you know, I don't have to do videos. There's so many other industries or niches that we could all get into. Um, but I think it's just that when I'm creating a video and it's for myself or for my own marketing, I just get really excited about sitting down yeah. and working on it. I just love it. And then also, um, I know like I did video for lots of years. I, I feel like I'm make, I'm doing less of like being the one on the assembly line, like I talked about, <clears throat> yeah. um, a lot less. 
every once in a while I take on projects because I'm like, oh, I can make a quick $1,500 in a couple hours. Sure, I'll take on a side project, right? But like um, for the most part, I, uh, I just love everything that is video. I get excited to, to talk about it. I just love watching the trends, trying new things. Yeah. I love, I like screenshot ads on my phone all the time. When I see them on Facebook, I'll screenshot yeah, it, copy link, save it on my notes app on my phone. Um, and then also it's like, I just discovered a passion that I never knew I had, which was teaching it. And so I have a, um, a workshop, like I talked about yeah. I, that I teach. And um, I'm actually doing one next week on Thursday. I'm doing a one day workshop, which is the first time I've ever done that. And like, I'll just tell you, like I sell it for, for $3,000 for that. It's a one day workshop. Yeah. And it comes with 30 days of support afterwards, but I love teaching that stuff. And like when people reach out to me afterwards and they need help, like I just did a 26 minute screen recording yesterday for one of my students who went through my last workshop. He like emailed me a bunch of questions and I just, recorded a whole loom video for him. I'm like, all right, this is what I would do. Go into mm -hmm. After Effects, try this headline, design it like this. And like, I, I just love teaching it. And I love also when I see that people are getting results from what I'm teaching. Um, I've had people come through who are, who've been making videos for years and they're now they're like getting into video advertising and they're getting more clients and they're busier than ever. Or another guy came through, he never made a video in his whole entire life. He was just the one running the ads. So he's like the dashboard guy, right? And then he now he knows how to make the ads. And so he's like, he took on a whole different level of clients. He's making the ads, running the ads. He says he's busier than ever, happier than ever, discovered a passion he never knew he had because he yeah. loves making videos. So it's like, it's just so cool to see when I see people that I was able to help them along and discover their, their passion for making videos and make a living out of it. It's really cool. Yeah, that's awesome. What are some of the attributes for you that you feel like create like so let's get down to the to the nitty-gritty here how do you feel like faith plays a role in your in your journey as an entrepreneur your journey as a as a dad as a family man what's your faith journey look like in that process um faith has a huge plays a huge role in it i am um constantly being tested. And I think everyone who runs a business is being tested. You know, yeah. last year I had a lot of crappy months because my ads just weren't working on Facebook. You know, it's like you go from making 70 grand was one of my biggest months last month on a little low ticket course. And then all of a sudden the next month it went down to like 10 and most of that wasn't even profit. It was just yeah. like, wow, this is hard. And it's just like, I don't know. You just kind of have to have faith in God, have faith in your skills, have faith in that, the fact that you will figure it out. You know, you're not going to live on the street in a cardboard box under a freeway <laughs> overpass. Like, unless you choose you're a to. decent human being, <laughs> you're not shooting up heroin, you're going to yeah. be fine. Like, yeah. just, just calm down. Like you will be fine. I mean, I got four kids and a wife and two dogs to, to, to watch after. And when I have bad months, it's, it's definitely, it's really easy to spiral and be like, mm -hmm. Oh my gosh, I'm just like, I'm an, I'm terrible. I'm failing what's going on. And, but I just know that it will all work out and it does, you know, you just have to put your step, your foot on the gas a little harder and uh, you know, make stuff happen. And so it'll all, it'll all work out. Yeah. So what is a uh, legacy mean to you? Legacy for me is just, you know, when I get to that point where I'm, Hopefully I live long enough to where I can be like laying in bed and like knowing it's my last moments, right? Like we yeah. all hope that we get to that point one day instead of, you know, dying in a car accident or something, but like being to that point, I, I think I always like envision that moment where I'm like, my family's around me and I'm really old and I, I don't have any regrets in the sense that I didn't pass on my knowledge. Right. And it's not, of course, it's like, you want to pass on your knowledge, and your wisdom to your children, you know, grandchildren, et cetera, but like also to the world. Yeah. Because I think it was, it might've been Dean Gracios. You said, if you, um, if you die without passing on your, your knowledge, then you did the world a great disservice, mm. um, which is true. You know, it's, so it's like, I'm, I'm like proud and happy with myself that I've been able to like create courses and like pass my knowledge on, like, that's something that you can't take away from somebody now that I've like spread that knowledge out to other people and there it's able to enrich their lives as a result. 
And hopefully like when my kids get a little bit older, I can teach them what I know as far as yeah. business goes, but it's just really cool to know that. Like I'd be happy passing on knowing that like, you know, I did that. And, um, cause I, 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 that's just my own personal goal. Just if you're listening to this, it doesn't mean like you, you have to pass your, your knowledge yeah. on to the world and you have to make an online course. No, maybe for you, that means just passing it on to, you know, one of your siblings or one of your kids or, you know, grandkids or whatever it is just making, you know, just like that's legacy for me, passing stuff on to the future generations and making a difference in that way. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, I think, We've covered a lot. Yeah, we did. <laughs> we have come through it. Uh, thank you so much, Kevin, for for being on this episode. I really do appreciate it. I, I admire you. Um, I, I watch you from afar, and I'm just like, man, uh, that guy is just Thanks, crushing man. it. Yeah. Um, so where can uh, people find you online? They can just go to kevinanson.com. That's a good start. Okay. And um, I have my newest training that I came out with, which you might enjoy the YouTube ad formula. Um, you can go to youtubeadformula.com or you can go to ytadformula.com. And then also have my, my video formula that I was selling last year with Facebook ads. I actually turned off ads. Um, cause I'm kind of like redesigning everything, yeah. but, uh, that's the videoformula.com. And, um, that's a great course as well. And so, yeah, I have lots of stuff to offer. It's crazy to even say that I have like <laughs> multiple yeah. courses out there now like it's just crazy um but it's been a blessing it's been it's been a lot of fun and so i hopefully i can continue to make more and more and more and more and, and yeah impact more people's lives that's awesome well thank you so much for being on this episode and guys if you're listening uh definitely go out and reach out to kevin if you uh, need to get your ads squared away and, and all that good stuff uh we'll guys see you on uh, the next episode thank you thanks for having me Hey guys, I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, please share with a friend and be sure to subscribe on your favorite streaming app. You can find us at 414creative.com and on Instagram at 414creativestudios. Thank you for being here. It was an honor to spend this time with you. I hope you were inspired. Now go out and create your legacy.